Into the Woods with music and lyrics by Stephen Sondheim and a book by James Lapine opened on Broadway at the Martin Beck Theater November 5th, 1987. Intertwining the plots of several Brothers Grimm and Charles Peralt fairy tales with new characters added specific to the story, the show covers multiple themes, including growing up, parents and children, accepting responsibility, morality, wish fulfillment, and its consequences. For their individual contributions, both Sondheim and Lapine each received the 1988 Tony Award. It's the last midnight. It's the last verse. Now before it's past midnight, I'm leaving you my last curse. I'm leaving you alone. You can tend the garden, it's yours, separate and alone. Everybody down on all fours, all right, mother, what? Lost the beans again. Punish me the way you did that. Give me claws and a hunch. Just away from this bunch and the gloom. And the doom. And the boom. With us today is actor Jesse Mueller, who portrayed Cinderella in Into the Woods in the 2012 Central Park Delacorte Theater production, as well as leading roles on Broadway in The Mystery of Edwin Drood, Waitress, The Minutes, and Beautiful, the Carol King musical for which she received the Tony Award. Nationally recognized actor Sean Allen Krill, who has worked extensively in regional theater, off-Broadway, national tours, and television, as well as on Broadway, where he has appeared in Mamma Mia, On a Clear Day You Can See Forever, Honeymoon in Vegas, and currently in Jagged Little Pill. And David Cromer, one of American theater's leading actor-directors whose work on Broadway includes The Sound Inside, The Waverly Gallery, A Raisin in the Sun, The House of Blue Leaves, and The Band's Visit, for which he received the 2018 Tony Award for Direction. Welcome, everyone, to the roundtable. Hello. So Thanks for having us. <laughs> thank you for joining us. I like to start with what our first, uh, each individual introduction to the show we're talking about. Into the Woods, for me, the first time I saw it was in Chicago at what was then a very prestigious production that was a co-production at the Candlelight Dinner Playhouse mm. and Marriott Lincolnshire Theater with a lot of Chicago's top actors at that time. And it was a big deal if you got in the show and, and this production that was going to be a, a, a two uh, theater collaboration and it played in two different theaters. And to see it in that environment, which obviously was not anything like the original staging, it, it made still such an impact on me because for all of us who've worked in the round and, and we know sometimes that experience is so much more sometimes intense that I will never forget things like the baker and, and, and Jack in the tree, just being so connected to those moments and being hit so emotionally with what to me was, I couldn't even fathom the, the intricacy of it all and that every scene was boom, 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 hitting you with something to say. What was your first exposure to Into the Woods? Anybody. Well, I was going to say, it's like, who talks first? Yeah. Oh, go for it, Cromer. Well, I, I don't have an interesting one. I think I just saw it on television. So I'll be, yeah. I'll, I'll, I think I saw it on television. I think I was drawn to it because uh, 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 it was, it was seemed to be, you know, it was a continuation of, 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 of after I saw it after Sunday in the Park, yeah. which I also encountered for the first time on television. I used to just be so thrilled anytime you'd accidentally turn on Channel 11 and something would begin like those, filmed plays begin. You know what I mean? You American Playhouse. The audience, there'd be a little hum and stuff. Like, I loved those, because it was like, yeah. I love the way those are shot, both of them, <clears throat> and ones like that. I really, that, that's, a, that's a very dear, but, and so I was exposed to it that way. Yeah, yeah just, um, I mean, yeah, well, we can talk about it later. I'll let yeah. that work, <laughs> you know. Then I'll yeah. piggyback on that. That was how I first encountered it, too. Uh, I saw the, 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 um, the taped version of it. Who knows what may be lurking on the journey Into the woods to get the thing that makes it worth the journey Into the woods 
came to fruition in this started with Sunday in the Park with George with the way that the first act almost was contained unto itself. And then the second act just threw the whole thing up, you know, ass over tea kettle to go, let's tear everything apart now that you know everything. And the similarity of starting with already existing characters. Mm. In this case, these, you know, very one dimensional, if even that Grimm's fairy tale characters like the painting, and then giving them these full blooded, robust lives and wants and fears and hungers. Um, it, it's amazing where in this moment, Sondheim and Lapine were feeding and off of each other and building and building and building, resulting in this. It's the thing you always pray for, that if you're going to adapt something that exists, you need to, in, or like a fairy tale or kids or a Star Wars or, a, you know what I mean, a, a, make a new Batman movie or whatever the hell it is, that you're going to imbue them with some kind of maturity or complexity. Because if you're going to revisit it, you have to keep going deeper. You know, there's bad versions of that. Yeah. But there's, you know, the Batman movies, but there, there's good versions of that. You know what I mean? This is one of them to go like, what exactly, what grown up issues, what, what real things are these human beings dealing with that happen to exist in these stories, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is why, which is why those stories have lasted for so long. You know, part of our minds, we think they're these sort of contained one dimensional there's, they're, they're fairy tales, like there's a reason why they're called that, but yet I think that, and that's what's so brilliant about the show is he uses those as the archetypes, but then like you said, David, in the second act, he just, the complexity that's drawn out of those. So, so we, it's just built in that we would relate to them because we know those characters. And then the second act, once you're already invested in the second act is like, no, you don't know these characters here's what really happens. But then it, it, it ends up coming back and relating. You relate to it even more because you realize they're more like you are than you, than you ever thought. You thought they were just these far away <clears throat> fanciful characters. And um, I just think that's one of the things that's so yeah. brilliant about the show. Oh, it's absolutely so relatable, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what, that's what's like, like you were saying, Jesse, it's that you, when everything gets turned on its head in act two, you're, you're just watching going, Oh, so this, you know, you, you're right. They're, they're, they're distanced when they're just the archetypes. But then when you see what Cinderella and the Prince, the, the struggles that they have with, with staying married, just mm -hmm. dealing with a marriage or the, the, the mother daughter relationship of the witch and Rapunzel. I mean, there's the, that, all of those metaphors and, um, there's just something for everyone, I think, to to watch during that during that act too, especially. I mean, he's they obviously everything starts deepening for sure. When I look back on it and I watch it again, which of course, as I said, I've watched it a million times, you start to see all of the setup for it in in Act One for sure, um, enriching those characters with with a real life and not just the sort of you know standard parable characters, um, but. Um, it's incredible what happens. Uh, the... Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, I was just going to piggyback on that and say, I, I'm just, it, 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 nothing articulate. I, I did not have a very good education, so I did not, uh, uh, I don't know things from like reading philosophy or like uh, analysis of, you know, arts analysis or anything like that. I just know like things from like watching into the woods where I, this is where I got the observation. Oh, narratives are slightly irresponsible because they say once upon a time this happened and then happily ever after and the idea of what now to suddenly go now what which raises which connects to the idea of oh like oh right things don't end they only end when you die life is ongoing it's constant and so there's this way that like children can feed children will listen and if you tell them there's a beginning, a middle, and an end, and there's a happily ever after at one point. You're going to feel strangely dissatisfied your whole life because you're expecting that. Like, I'm a good person. I'm the hero, so I should get what I want. And why isn't that happening? And why doesn't it end? And why does it just keep coming? And the idea that you go into Act 2 and you lose, there's no, no one, the audience included, knows what's going to happen. And then people start dying horribly. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just, I mean, they, they, I mean, they throw the narrator away. They kill Yeah. Them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, right. Like you said, yeah, I a mean, narrative is dangerous. They yeah. really take that to the nth degree. Yeah, and in that second act, um, 
you know, no one, no one is removed from the pain. No one is, it's not like, you know, Cinderella screwed up or Rapunzel is okay. Or the, or the prince is, you know, he still gets his half. It's like, it is, it's like the, the curtain is drawn and you see everything, all the mess behind the social media or whatever of act one. Right, it's like, right, it's just, totally. all, it's just all, it's all revealed all of a sudden. The baker's yeah. wife dies. I mean, oh. you know, uh, Jack's mother dies. Who is the, 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 the who, who's killed? Yeah, the, the giant. Jack's she gets crushed died. by the giant, right? Yeah, spoiler alert, people, if you haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah. sorry. But the fact that those four characters at the end are left, yeah. sorry, what was I'm that? Saying, and Riding Hood's mother dies, too. Yeah. Right, the four, those four characters left have all lost someone dear, dear to them, so dear to them. And I remember when that struck me, that the four, those four disparate people Another thing that's so brilliant, these four characters from stories we know so well suddenly become this weird little family. Mm-hmm. And and the youngest characters, right? I think the youngest ones are the ones that are left because it's- It's Jack, Little it's Red. Jack, Little Red, Cinderella. Cinderella and the Baker. And the Baker. And, oh, and the Baker, yeah. The baker's mm-hmm. And, the, and baker. the Baker's child, right, and the baby, yeah. Right, and the fact, I don't know, it's just so beautiful that they, that they're forced to to figure out how to you know what what I love about what the what the musical says is that happily ever after does not exist and I think that's so relatable as a human being when you're watching it you're like oh good because mm-hmm. I feel like my life is a failure then yeah <laughs> you know? I'm not alone either right no one is alone that includes me you know right. yes yeah. exactly <laughs> and I think it's one of those shows I know for me, it's one of those shows that I, I relate to it in different ways at different times in my life. I think I wrote my college entrance essay about Into the Woods. I'm not giving. I should, I should try to find it because um, I was kind of obsessed at the time. But, uh, but it is. It's, it's one of those, you know, I'll come at it at a certain time in my life and it's like, oh, I'm Cinderella. And now it's like, I'm not Cinderella anymore. I'm somebody else where I fit. I, was, I, I would be so curious. David, have you ever directed it? I have not. I have not. And I said this about Sunday in the Park with George. This is interesting. I think I sort of slightly want to direct Into the Woods, but I was thinking the other day about those. I I, I, I love the... Two. To me, these shows were created by a director. You know, by the... Mm-hmm. Not created solely, not solely, but they were created by the director. So the productions are kind of so tied to the piece. And I don't feel that way about a lot of things. I feel that way about these two. Like, you don't need... I. I you know, I, I quibble with ones where there's sort of people are trying to like flip the flip the flip the idea. You know what I mean? Like I know Jesse, you were in it. You were wonderful in that. Um, uh, uh, yeah, but they did. They they you yeah. know they kind of yeah they 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 played with it. Yeah, but I mean it's a, the, the 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 productions themselves the the, the plays them the, the pieces themselves are concepts. You know what I mean? They're already a concept. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh no, I haven't. I haven't. I would sort of like to maybe into the woods. But but again, I'm not sure what I I'm not sure. You know, my job's not to do something different as a director than someone that has done before, but I don't know what I'd have to offer other than just, I love Into the Woods, which is not, mm-hmm. <laughs> not really a point of view. Well, that's what I was wondering, because that's like really we've all been start. saying, there are I mean, so many themes, there are so yeah. many themes that it's almost like, how would you even, yeah. if you need sort of a centralized focus, like where, it, to me, it is it is the the genius of the show. And also sometimes one of the things that trips productions up, because there are, there's so much going, it's about everything. Yeah. So it's like, how do you, how do you focus, how do you focus something? How do you focus a production while, while not, um, you know, like leaving an element out? I just think that would be a fascinating challenge. You, what you said is so true. It is really about everything, which is like mm-hmm. the relationship I've had with it over the years is it's about everything. It yeah. starts out with this small conceit and it is quite tightly, uh, built, you know what I mean? It's really, I was thinking about like how tight, I don't know, I don't, musically, I know a little bit, teeny bit about this, but like how tight the rhymes are. You know what I mean? How tight and potent the rhymes are. Like yes. the woods are just trees, the trees are just wood, which is five words repeated twice with two of the words switched. But like that's four paragraphs of thought, <laughs> you know? Um, yes. Uh, uh, and that ends up being about death and life and you know what I mean these giant giant thing and just and that you and the repeat the, the like the incessant repeat of into the woods 
you know, just saying the metaphor over and over again. Yeah, yeah, you kind of forget that, but you're right. Because it keeps coming. Because in life, you just have to keep going out into the wood. Yep. You know, it does, every day we wake up during the pandemic and go, well, am I going into the woods? <laughs> you know, we're into the right. woods less right. now. Right. Um, but it is about every, it's about everything. It's like. It's yeah, so I don't know the how they wrote they, it while they were still living. Yeah. Like how do you have that perspective about life while you're going, while you're mucking through it, while you're in the woods? How do you write about? Sean, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 no. I was just thinking. You, you said the word giant, David, and I was like, wow, the giant. That obviously the the metaphor for what is the giant right now. I mean, I think you can't help but think like, wow, we are facing a giant, and whether we're the good people or the bad people, we're all. Yeah. We're all getting affected by it. And and then there are those moments where we all stand around and go, no, it's your fault. No, it's your fault. No, yeah. you know, and I mean, there, yes. there, it's still so relevant. It's amazing because it's about life. Yeah. yeah. About struggles, uh, you know, the ups and downs, the roller coaster ride of actually being alive. It's a yeah. big fat, yeah, it is being alive. super tight metaphor. I mean, it's like, it's incredibly, uh, it's, it's so perfectly like, square and small which is the woods is the world <laughs> you know what i mean and you go out into it and every day you have to go out of it the first line is i mean first line's once upon a time but the second line is i wish mm. and the last line the very the last line right yeah <clears throat> very pure yeah right and the last line which is it starts again like and now everything's fine no now i want something else i want something else i know i just I like i got it. i got goosebumps, Me too. <laughs> I got goosebumps. <laughs> It's so interesting good. you should that you, you mentioned about the woods and the uh, and the metaphor and especially about the giant. Uh, Sondheim had spoken uh, back in the day because there were people who had asked him in the eighties. Yeah, is this mm -hmm. a metaphor for AIDS? Yeah, is the giant AIDS? And he and he said that wasn't what we were intending, but you're welcome if that to use that if that works for you. Which is to Sean's point, it, this is evergreen. It, it will continually, mm -hmm. there will be a giant, there will be a version of whatever, you know, the woods are. And in that same sense, to, to, to Jesse's point about how many characters, has there been a show with a more thrilling and yet economical and informative opening number? Mm -hmm. To introduce all of these characters and how they're all going to relate and launch you off into the woods and away we go. And how much information you absorb by the end of that opening number. And it's that weird thing where, you know, they begin with Jack and then they go to Cinderella. And then you are, if you're watching it for the first time, you're probably scratching your head going, Baker and his wife. Baker and his wife? What's the mm -hmm. name? Baker it and his sounds wife? like an obscure Grim Fairy. Baker and his wife. And then Red totally Riding does, because there's the fisherman in. and his wife. Yeah. There's the fisherman and his wife. There is a Baker and his wife in... Uh, it, it, that is that sm a small part of Rapunzel's story. Oh, but oh. what they do so brilliantly is you're going Baker and his wife and then Red Riding Hood walks in and you go, oh, they've switched the camera angle. Yeah, yeah, It's not yeah. on her, yeah. it's on the Baker. Yeah, that's where she got the goodies. That's where she, and that's <laughs> where, so they weren't just entirely made up. They were just, yeah. oh, we're going to switch the focus of uh, the and it's brilliant right yeah, that's, that's where jack gets that. the beans and yeah i mean like the, it's there there's that little area between the witch and the yeah. baker where you know the, all all of this stuff happens yeah. and all of these and where the, the beans come from all and where the, you know what i mean yeah just right. origin stories mm. uh, you know, the, the, forgot that and then that's where every that's basically where the story ends up sort of being centralized is on that family the, ba yeah. the baker family yeah Oh, I forgot that. So yeah. right, it's like, what do all these characters have in common? And it's the character they made up, which is so brilliant. Why, come in, little girl. I wish. It's not for me, it's for my granny in the woods. A loaf of bread, please. To bring my poor old hungry granny in the woods. Just a loaf of bread, please. Of which, <laughs> but made up or just expanded on a, su a supporting character in one of the big stories. Correct. You know, we're just Correct. gonna. It's gonna be the story oh, of the fun, woodsman. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh, and how brilliant is that? When you know, like, because he is, they, because they, he's like a sort of secondary character in so many of the stories we know. And so when he's the one that saves <laughs> Little Red Riding Hood, it's so brilliant when she says, "What kind of a." 
Hunter, are you? <laughs> I'm a baker. Baker, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they just used me at this point in this version, so I'm I'm still just a baker. <laughs> like, how effective is this at like being? I was just reading, you know, uh, look, I made a hat. The look, I made a hat chapter. You know, the the, mm -hmm. the woods chapter on on and look, I made a hat. It talks about really aggressively going for a farce that was then going to flip, which I was think is so cheap when people were easy laughs, and then they want a big bunch of big sentiment. But like this show does everything everything I would hate. <laughs> yeah. it so brilliantly <laughs> you know what i mean that like you know it's just proof there are no rules you know mm -hmm. um it's uh and then you've got you know the the bernadette peters character which the the bernadette, the witch which is the truth the, the teller of the truth and and that that component of going we're we're gonna put in somebody who is the most evil of the characters, of the group, of the gang, yeah. the most evil one, and also go, and probably she's the one who's gonna unabashedly tell you the truth. I mean, nice. and we're, we're gonna yeah, drop I'm it. Good. I'm not nice, I'm just right. Mm -hmm. like this. Well, and they also explain in the show why she is the way she is, and why she became so angry, and why, you know, it's sort of, they give you the prequel, it's quick, you know, and it's in the song, and well, it's in the rap if you will, yeah. <laughs> about the greens. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, right, all that info is there. Witches can be right, giants can be good. You decide what's right, you decide what's good. Mm -hmm. right. You can't, that there aren't, that it's, it's not gonna be laid out for you and it's going to be confusing and you're going to have to guess and struggle and grasp and there aren't good guys and bad guys because the other thing he writes about is all of the heroes like did sort of really you know, we're, you know, the giant, frankly, is there because a guy climbed into his house. Who stole things. Stole things. He chased him and he killed him. And then, you know what I mean? I know how brilliant is it that his wife comes down and she's, she's <laughs> mad as hell. Yeah. That oh plot point, which is so, re-watching re that video, and I forget it because you don't get the moment in a lot of productions maybe that can't afford it, is the element that Cinderella's got the last bean and drops it, and then the, a yeah. second beanstalk grows, yeah. which I never really put two and two together, I mean, until I kind of saw it in that opulent original production when the beanstalk starts growing at the end of act one, and I went, oh, because you go, well, how, how did the, the, where did this other giant show up? Because I thought Jack cut it down. And so, oh, mm -hmm. you know, but again, how they even further than to get us into act two, they tied the characters more tightly together by the passing of the sixth bean, because he paid him off with five and then Cinderella ends up with the sixth bean. Right. That's like, like that you pocketed the other bean. That's like there's a point they were in a hotel in like San Diego going, okay, how do we get the second time? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Titans going like, oh, how do we get second time? Right. There's got to be another bean, but then who gets the bean? And how did you get the bean? Yeah. I totally picture them. Oh, the beans are all gone. I know. The other bean. The other bean. song about the bean? Yeah. <laughs> it must have been, I, with that in mind, I mean, they must have been so gleefully proud of themselves for what I they think. achieved with this. We hope so. You know, or were I they mean, just like, they finished it and they were like, God, that was hard. And then they <laughs> went through everything that you go through on a production, they were like, I don't know, it's what we did. We hope it's good. Yeah. I hope that there's a little bit of that too. Like they recognize the genius and that also they feel like most of us do, which is like, I don't know, is it any good? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, yeah, for sure. Well, and the fact that Sondheim, you know, is so well known for being a game lover, a yeah. puzzle lover, you know that the, the way that this puzzle fits together, and it, and and there's not a there's not a lick of fat yeah. on this show. There's not one gratuitous something. It's constantly, it's almost unrelenting in its meaningfulness. That that's not even a word, but you know. But that's in the that's part of the you know like the the thing that we don't think about is the process of revision is is the biggest part of it. Cause there's tons of, according to that book, I didn't know about that, according to the book, there's like at least five or 10 songs in there that are cut or rewritten or changed, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's not like, like they just have to keep, you have to keep, and characters that are cut, which means actors were let go. I mean like mm -hmm. hard mm -hmm. things you have to do, you know? Right, right. Wow. 
It struck me as lo looking back and doing a little research of the, of, of the genesis of this, and I think it's such a, a brilliant part when you, result when you see where they eventually ended up with their choices of doubling that uh, the mothers that doubled or the granny is also uh, the mother that's in the tree and that the mysterious man is also the doubling right. uh, for um, the, narrator. Uh, the, the narrator, the characters who stay out of the story, who are not, you know, people who can't commit to being part of the group. Um, and sometimes it's switched up, I know, but, uh, and the same with the, the, the wolf being the, the one prince who cannot seem to stop his personal urges, yeah, yeah. just devour and take, you know. Um, it, it's interesting how they made those selections and changed them from the original San Diego production. I think it was in San Diego where it started uh, at the Old Globe and then and before it came to New York, how they just kept working and working and working. And now I've seen productions where uh, Cinderella's father is the mysterious man. So that can switch up. And I think that might've happened possibly on Broadway. I don't know whether Dick Cavett played both when he went in as the narrator, whether he took over both, hmm. but they've got options that way. If what I'm about to say sounds familiar to you, it's because I, the narrator, a new employee here, told it to you too soon. How many want to hear it again, Anne? Because the banker had lost his father and father in a baking accident, he said what he believed. He was concerned, wanting a family of his own, and all efforts until now have failed. There. It's so thorough in how they went through it. And, and, and it is it is it is unbelievably intricately, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, and just tight, and it's tight in the lyrics, and it's tight all the right, you know, uh, uh, to kill to keep to, you know, what I mean, just the millions of of those things all like landing on the same, you know. I don't have the words, sorry. <laughs> which also makes it very hard to learn. Oh I think. my god, it really does. It's true. I mean, what, you're like, it, wait, what challenging? is it? Because you can't be like, it's the K, and then the. And then the D word, and it's like it's six Ks and oh, there's yeah, there's like hundreds of them because it's like to, I mean, into the Sean, words. do you you did it? Do you remember any of those? I just remember not being able to that anytime the it would opening go into, and the into the woods, into the woods, we have to go. There go. I mean, I remember just being like, oh God, which one is this? You know, exactly. At midnights. Those, oh. those little, like the interims of like one midnight gone. Those were always really hard because I remember I would bound out and say like, wanting yes. a ball or, or, you know, or, or like near maybe better than far, but it still isn't there, you know, or something <laughs> yes. like that. And yes. I remember I'd bound out and go, which one is some. There was a story about some production desk where someone bound out and went, wanting a prince is not wanting a prince. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it's wanting a ball is not wanting a prince. But if you, you know, if you start with the right one, the wrong one, you're. Yes, absolutely. And, uh -huh. and it, yep. it really was, it was a difficult uh, memorize for sure. Yes. Um, which, which of the princes did you play? Cinderella's Prince and the Wolf. And the Wolf. Yeah. That was one of my favorite things I've ever gotten to do. Mm -hmm. I was so happy. I'm so happy because... I, the thing is, is now that now that I, you know, I'm of a certain age, I, you know, I, there's not really, I don't really see myself being able to be in the show, and until I maybe until I get old enough to play the, you know, the mysterious man or you know the narrator. But um, uh, I'm just so I just feel so glad that I was able to do it once. Same thing with Sunday in the Park. I was I did that twice actually. I played the prince first, and then and then a few years later we played George, which oh. was. Where did you do uh, Sunday? Uh, at Chicago Shakes first, uh, and then uh, Skylight. Okay. Mm -hmm. The thing, you know, and again, I keep can't help but keep tying this with with Sunday at this particular uh, moment in in Sondheim's work. And one of the things that um, he had spoken to, and I wonder, I, I try to think, is there another show that seems more personal to him? Because he has spoken how his, his relationship with his mother and his father are definitely reflected in the baker and the baker's wife in terms of their navigating 
wanting or not wanting or inability to deal with a child. Right. Um, hmm. I didn't know that. Well, he had, I mean, he had a horrific relationship with his mother, especially. I mean, she was just a monster. Like uh, she did something awful, like, towards the end of her life to him, right? The she's end. just said, I wish I never had you. Mm. And you, you know, I, I've never, he never got, you know, they, they never really figured out a way to get along, which is, I think, an, a, another reason why he was so... Um, connected to the Hammerstein family, to Oscar Hammerstein's family, right. who brought him in and really kind of made him, you know, another son within the family. But no, she was a disaster. For a guy who didn't like children, he sure surrounded himself with lots and lots of them. And one of those children was a friend of my father's named Stevie. Little Stevie would grow up to become Stephen Sondheim. He was Oscar's only student. And though they were very different, Stephen Sondheim was once asked, do you think Oscar Hammerstein as your hero? And Stephen Sondheim quickly replied, no, 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 he is not my hero. He is my savior. Children will listen, you know. Well, I mean, you see that of him, I mean, for a person who didn't have children, speaking to people who have children. Yeah. And uh, I remember thinking the first time I saw it, that element of it, the children will, will listen, seemed a bit heavy handed to me. And now I look at it and go, yes, you know, mm -hmm. I, I don't, it just evolves. It, like Sean said, where you are in your life, how you receive this or, or Jesse that you, you know, you're switching True. allegiances almost. You, you're understanding what Jack's mother is going through in terms of, right. oh my God, you're such a, you know, can you get it together? Will you ever get it together, my son? Will you get your shit together and move out of here and and and, and be able to act like a a person who can function in the world? I mean, um, the play matures. The the the, the mm -hmm. piece matures, like grows up over the course of the evening. It starts out, I you know, I wish to I wish to go to the festival. I want you know, what I mean, it wants these things like I want. I you know, they they need survival things like I want love. Uh, I want love. I want a child. I want. Um, I want uh, money. You know, we need to survive. We need to not mm -hmm. die. These basic things. So you go into the woods. But at the end, people are sort of old and mature and have gone through things and have new perspectives. And you know, so it's the it's you know, war and death and yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's serious stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Wishes well, come it's true. It's absolutely yeah. elegant thing. And it's these grown people standing around and like you know, fairy tale costumes and, you know. Well, and it was something that everybody could identify. Well, it is. It's something that everybody can identify with. They know these, these characters so well, just yeah. sort of going in. And I remember back in the day, my first introduction, the, the only thing was the hook to say, oh, it's about the fairy tale characters. And they ask the question, what happens after? And you go, oh, well, that's pithy. You know that that that's a that that that'll be clever and good for a few yucks. You yeah. know because we'll see uh, you know Cinderella you know with a vacuum cleaner or something like that, and you're just not prepared <laughs> for the for the degree of the wallop you're gonna get. Me about everything no. with this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, I remember. I remember just recently. Uh, I I never really you know like I said I was I was. 19 or 18 or 19 when I discovered the show and fell in love with it and but I mean uh I never really connected then to uh No More mm -hmm. and now I hear that song and I'm just like oh god it's so weary it's so like I've lived this life and I've lost things and I've loved things and lost those and No More is just uh, it breaks my heart now because it's I think everyone has felt that way anyone who's lived a little bit of life has felt like, please, please, no more. <laughs> I can't, I can't, a, I will break, you know? Yeah, and it's such a complex thought in two words. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, mm -hmm. that, that is yeah. one of the brilliant things about that song is it's, and right, and that character is just at such a point that he doesn't even, he's so exhausted, he doesn't even have, I can't explain this any other way. Yeah. But there's something just so beautiful at the no more. You know, he doesn't say the song's not called stop. It's not called leave me alone. I'm tired. I need some alone time. It's it's just, it's so smart. Well, so it smart. covers everything. It's no more. It's like I've had, you know that I've had all this up to now and now we have to stop. It isn't stop. It's no more. It's like I've done this. I went on all these battles. I went on all these quests. I did it all. No. I'm full. Yeah, I'm full.
which is which is you know which is a strange and bold thing to do in a story to have a character say i don't want to be in a story anymore yeah right <laughs> mm -hmm. Wait, show yeah i went out i went out can't we just pursue our lives with our children and our wives till that happy day arrives how do you ignore all the witches all the curses all the wolves, all the lies, the false hopes, the goodbyes, the reverses. All the wondering what's even worse is still in store. All the children. All the giants. No more. And that's the element of it, I think, that keeps tripping you up in terms of keeping always ahead of you. I have forgotten that there were also, until I went back and, and rewatched her, and again, it might have been the original, just the choices they made in the staging. I don't know if they do it all the time, but that there was, that there's direct address to the audience, particularly from the witch, that she will look right into the audience and, and make a comment, especially in those early scenes with the baker, yeah. that the rules of the, this sort of theatricality, this meta-theatricality, and then of course, at the moment when the, the, the narrator is in, with pontificating and then kind of senses something is going on in back of him and they've all stopped and <laughs> decided, oh, you're, you're, you are going to be our sacrifice. Mm -hmm. um, it's just so brilliant in as an audience member going, any one of us could be next. They're obviously, they know, if they know he's there, they must know we're here. Mm -hmm. So where is this thing going to go in terms of the game of it all? Uh, well, and it does, it gives you a sense of like, wow, this, this can go anywhere. It, it's, it's a little terrifying when you're watching it. But that's, it's again, such a brilliant metaphor for being alive. Yeah. There are those moments where you're going, oh God, yeah. just go anywhere, I guess. I mean, there are no rules, apparently. Uh, so, here we go. Well, as soon as something's passed, we sort of have a sense, you know, now we're like, oh, but W wasn't so bad, but that's just because we we know how that ended. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where now it feels like you know it's it's, it's like you know but, but, but right now you know we as soon as we know how something ended, you're like okay, I can handle that. I know what to do with the past. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do with the present or God forbid the future. Mm -hmm. Well, the thing about it, too, is that by the end of the story, there's been so much living packed into it for so many of these characters. Not one of them doesn't have something happen, whether it's even Cinderella's stepsisters and their journey from being these, you know, these horrible monsters to the vic their own being the victims of their mother chopping off their body parts yeah. to them kind of having some resolution at the end of and being physically damaged. Everybody has got some damage that you know that they're, even after the curtain comes down, the characters are still gonna be dealing with the ramifications of what they went through over this period of time. We were blind, now we're really blind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just the idea that it's almost, I mean, to what you're saying about, you know, we got through W, we got through where, that, that it's almost like a camera really pulling back and focusing on the planet itself and going, it's, it, there's a lot of living that's gonna be packed into your life. And there's a lot of it that you're in, that you've been through, that's gonna be in front of you. And it's just gonna keep going until you're not here on this planet to be part of it. So just know that. And the no more of it is, how we become people who want these kids off our lawn, which is what I'm becoming. You know what I mean? Which, <laughs> you just go like, I can't take it anymore. So I'm just going to stay inside and yell at the television, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I use Into the Woods uh, to describe, you know, you know, philosophical points or like things like that. You know, you, I lose into the, use Into the Woods and suddenly the park with George to say things like no more and stuff like that for... You know, when I'm in, not literally that one, but like that's the that's the language 
his is the language I use, like other people, maybe we'll quote Shakespeare to for appropriate things. Although I'm not encyclopedic on him, but you know, that's, that's, mm -hmm. I had a friend who insisted he was Shakespeare, that Sondheim was Shakespeare, you know, is, is the, is our I feel like if we have one, yeah, if we have one, that's, that's, the, that's absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. I would agree with that. I mean, the beauty of, and again, I guess this, who, if it was Lapine or Sondheim or both, but I, I can't help, I go, I go to the end of the play and I think about those four characters there and the fact that the two adults are basically forced to comfort the two younger kids, even though they have gone through their own horrible loss, mm -hmm. losses. Um, and that's, again, that it's just such a beautiful thing to show that is that is how you get through life right you you get out of your own self and you focus on someone else and you love them and you you try to you try to teach them what you've learned about how difficult life can be and that's what we watch happen with the baker i mean the baker has just basically given up and then the mysterious man comes in and gives him this you know beautiful knowledge and then he passes it on to jack Mm -hmm. And it's just so lovely. Yeah. And even though Cinderella has lost her mother, she comforts Little Red. And yeah. the, when she starts with mother cannot hear you or, or yeah. mother isn't, what's the first line? Is it? Mother isn't here now. Mother now isn't you're here on now. Your own. I mean, I think. Just, her mother cannot guide you. Now you're on your own. Something yeah. like that. I forget. And it's, Sean, that's a very good point. And those those two characters, the, the, the baker and Cinderella, they are quite honest with those young people. They don't just say it's all going to be okay. They don't say don't worry. They really, like no one is alone, really, really, really spells it out. Witches can be right. Giants can be good. You decide what's right. You decide what's good. Just remember. Just remember. Someone is on your side. Our side. Someone else is not. While we're seeing our side, our side, maybe we forgot. They are not alone. No one is alone. The degree of detail, unvarnished detail, that the baker tells Jack how his mother died, that that the yes. that whacked on the head. Well, why did he do that? I'm going to kill him. No, he didn't know. He was afraid. Mm, Not yeah. just generally that he was afraid. He was afraid that she was going to say something that was going to instigate the giantess yeah. who was then going to attack. You know, he goes into thorough, and, and that always struck me as going, he could have whitewashed it or they just could have said, oh no, he was afraid. No, he, he unpacks the whole thing for the kid. And in a way, in that way that you, that kids can process it. Mm -hmm. And he's very honest with Jack. Cause then, like you said, Jack keep asking all these questions. Well, why? Well, why? Yeah. And the baker doesn't shut him down and he doesn't say your anger is unwarranted. He listens to the kid and he, and he's like stumped. Cause he's like, I know you have every reason to be pissed. I, I don't know. I don't know why this happened. I don't, I don't know, know why, why. bad Stop things asking happened. me questions I cannot answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. Yes, exactly. Stop asking me questions I can't answer. Yeah. Which is uh, mm. pretty amazing seeing as I think it's, it's, a, it's an element of the show that, that reminds you in the moment that they're all on level playing ground. Whether you're young or old or Jack's mother or mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Red, Little Red's grandmother, uh, you know. Everybody is just going through it for the first time. Nobody's got any answers. Yeah. And, like I, I, and even if you did, it's that little red thing of like, isn't it nice to know a lot and a little bit not? Little like bit there's not. just oh, I know. more that you, you just keep learning that there's more to learn. That yeah. Once you think you, you know something, you just end up knowing that you, there's more you don't know. It's this yeah. just mm -hmm. cyclical thing. It just keeps coming until it stops. <laughs> and and, and st it stopping is dying or taking yourself out of it and never leaving your home. And even then it keeps coming. Mm. 
never going into the woods if I bet. Mm-hmm. You know? yes, I, think I, yes. I think I see something new in that in the show every time I I I listen to it or 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 I've seen it or rewatch the PBS tape. Uh, it's I remember that uh, the scene between Cinderella and and the prince. Uh, it's the breakup scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so beautifully written. I mean, the the metaphors in that scene are when they 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 because they're both in a very kind of adult way admitting to each other that they were wrong yeah. to be that they weren't right for each other and that they mm-hmm. were attracted to each other for the wrong reasons. Yeah. And there's even a little like a little beautiful little gem of like their dig at you know our sort of misogynistic society and when, when he says I was. Ra- <laughs> I was raised to be charming, not sincere. It's funny. It's a it's yeah. a it's a hilarious line, but when you really think about what that's saying, is like there are so many guys out there, men out there, that are like, "Why are you mad at me? This was what I was taught to do. What did I? What are? What I? What am I doing wrong? Yeah. This is, and so this many was. women, so many women that were raised to be attracted to that to right. to say that this you say this is what will serve you, or this is what you should look for, and you shouldn't go any deeper than that. Mm. Mm. True. I didn't mean to cut you off, Sean, but no, like, it's you're so, so right. I'd never thought of that. Yeah, both of it, them have been just sort of, right, they, so they confront each other and they say, wait a second, you were fed lies and I was fed lies, and now nobody was honest. So now, of course, we'd never know if we were right for each other because we were never being ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that, how many people have been in that relationship? You know what I mean? I think most oh of us God. at one point or another. Sure. And that, that ties back to nice is different than good, which is a very simple line and we know what it means in that situation, except it has these absolutely, this ripple effect that goes through everything, which mm-hmm. is like, oh, which is like how you can mistake charm for sincerity or how mm-hmm. you can mistake, you know, um, nice for good. I mean, nice for good comes back. The witch says it, you know. Um, red, yeah. yeah. Well, she sings it and then the witch sings something like it. I'm sure it has a bunch of other resonances, which is like, you know, that like all the misconceptions you have, you know, the princess is beautiful. She's good. The, 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 the witches can be good. Witches can be right. Giants can be good. Um, and in, it, it, another one that jumped out at me, and it's the end of the second prince duet, where in a different way, you've got two guys calling each other on their bullshit and they unpack all of where they're in the middle of. And the final line with that is, and now I must return to my wife. Yeah. yeah. Of just, you, you get this sense of, wow, there is a decision. You made that action and your life was, you know, you are, a, you are not that same person now. You don't, you cannot play in that sandbox anymore. That's, was then, this is now. And you need to go take care of your wife. Yeah. And or we went deep for a little while, but like, that was enough, right? Now, no more going deep. Let's just like go back to the rules as we know them. I think that, you know, that's a little bit is what's all, right. I've always found so fascinating about well, the, the princes too. You know what I mean? They're like, ooh, yeah, that didn't feel good. All right, let's <laughs> let's stop thinking about things so deeply and just go back to what we know how to do, which is being pretty and yeah. Right, well, and they were fed the lie too. Like they were supposed to pursue, pursue, pursue until they get the, the, the fair maiden to yeah. marry them. And well, then everything would be, they'd live happily ever after. And then they were both kind of out in their guy way saying, but I'm not content. I want yeah. more. Not fulfilled. And, yeah. Yeah. And that again feeds into that. I mean, I, I feel like the theme of the play is I always feel like it's wishes come true, not free. That's the line yeah. that always resonates with me. Right. Cause you get know. that with the baker's wife too. You know what I mean? Sure. You watch she and her husband go through this, this this journey and everything they've been through and they do it takes two yeah. right they do it takes two before she goes off and finds yeah. Cinderella's prince right once we're past let's hope the changes last beyond woods beyond witches and slippers and hoods just the two of us beyond lies safe at home with our beautiful prize just a few of us it takes trust it takes just a bit more and we're done we want four we had none we got three we need one it takes two 
And then even she, I think because she was one of those people, it's like, you know what? I never got to have the, have the friggin' fairy tale. So you know what? I want it. Even if, even if everybody says it doesn't really exist and, and sure enough, you know, she gets it. And then she also finds out that that didn't do it either, that that, mm-hmm. that that also wasn't enough, right? Everybody's sort of exercising their fulfillment and their wish fulfillment and, and what it does or does not do for them. And mm-hmm. the, thing, the thing that's sort of the, 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 the trap of that too is, is want, desire, wish for is the thing, is some kind of biological reaction we have in order to keep us alive for whatever reason we're trying to stay alive and perpetuate the species, which is like without these sort of like, you can't be like, I don't wish for anything. You wouldn't get out of bed in the morning. Like I, you know, I want, I want things to happen today. So I better eat. I better get up. I better feed myself. I better, you know what I mean? I better mm-hmm. find a community. I better procreate. I better, you know, all these things. So that is, so we're not going to stop wishing. You can't see, you know what I mean? You can't say, you can't look at the wishes and go like, and it's going to keep you, you might get something and then you're just going to want something after it, you know? Ugh. Well, and I think that's what Cinderella is working through in, in uh, like they wrote a song about that. Like that's what, to me, that's always what Cinderella was working through in the song on Stuts of the Palace. Yeah. So she's like, okay, wait a second. What do I want? No one ever asked me what I wanted before. You know, I guess a want is different than a wish, but I, I think as much as that character says, I wish, I wish, I wish, she never really thought any of that would happen. So she didn't, she didn't really exercise that muscle and then she finally gets a chance to and she goes oh holy like uh, i don't know what to do now because if i really commit to this then that means i can fail so maybe i'm just gonna you know that's almost her moment where she goes no more maybe i'll just i'll just, you all you all live and i'll go over here and i'll just do mm-hmm. what everybody tells me to do and that might be safer well i was reading about it sometimes writes about that innovation of like and i'd never thought about this until i read this you know this morning which is the the um, the line about uh, Cinderella leaves the shoe, which is the only sometimes believes the only time that's ever been posited in the Cinderella legend, which is in which goes back to ninth century China or something. Oh, that it was a choice. That that, that she leaves the shoe yeah. as opposed to that she consciously leaves the shoe as a way to to question to answer the question. I th- I, thought, I thought you were talking about which is what do I want? Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. I know I would look. She just wanted to go to the festival. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna yell. We're gonna argue in San Diego now. She didn't say I want to get married and meet a prince. She goes, I want to go to the festival. Yeah, wanting a ball is not wanting a prince. Wanting, yeah. ball, wanting a prince. Right. But she's not. It, it's it's funny. She's still not quite sure what she wants. Right. So she's yeah. she's worked like you said, Jesse. She's working through it, and she's go. She goes. Oh, I know what I'll do. I'll just. I don't want this to be over. Yeah. Necessarily, but I don't know that I don't want it to be over. So I'm gonna. I'll know what I'll do. I'll leave this shoe and we'll see what he'll do. And yeah, put the ball in his court. And yeah. then I've always found the part after that confusing. I never really understood what, as you know, you who suck at a stew with a goose, and you've learned something too, something you never knew on the steps of the palace. I'm, I'm still never quite sure what that means. It's your first big decision. The choice isn't easy to make. To arrive on a ball is exciting, and all once you're there, though, it's scary. And it's fun to deceive when you know you can leave, but you have to be wary. There's a lot that's at stake, but you've stalled long enough because you're still standing stuck in the stop on the steps. Better run along home and avoid the collision. Even though they don't care, you'll be better off there where there's nothing to choose, so there's nothing to lose. So you pry up your shoes. Then from out of the blue, and without any you know what your decision is, which is not to decide. You'll just leave him a clue. For example, a shoe. And then see what he'll do. Now it's he and not you who is stuck with a shoe in a stew, in the goo. And you've learned something too, something you never knew. On the steps of the path. What is the thing that she learned? And you've learned something too, something you never knew. I, I've always, I feel like it's so up in the air and you always have to decide what right. that is. Because I don't feel like it's- Did I have a choice? Did I have a choice? Yeah, that's what I, I was thinking, that she has a choice and- Right, that, that I can have control, that I can, or that I can continue to deflect and make it someone else's choice. I, I don't know. 
I've always been struck by the, I mean, I guess I, it took me till I was an adult to realize that what's, what's so flawed about and all the idea of fairy tales that you meet someone and you marry them, <laughs> which, <laughs> you know what I mean? I can't commit to like meeting someone for lunch. You know what I mean? I can't, commit to like, <laughs> you know, like I can't. I think so much of that is tied to the whole servitude and women's relation needing a man to get them through the world. I was going to say, if we want to talk about that, we could uh, go into no, yeah. no, but that, that is, that is very true. I mean, especially you're looking at these fairy tales, the, as far as the options and if, right, if she is a, um, uh, right. If she has, the character has no parents and the only, the only livelihood she have is living in this terrible household. It makes every, you know, all the sense in the world that eventually, if she, if anyone offered to marry her, she would probably jump at the chance. And then a prince offers to, and you know what I mean? What a fool would she be if she said no? So it's like, yeah. And our connection with so many of these is certainly not the Grimm's fairy tales, it's the Disney movies. Yeah, sure. You know, so you're talking about a time even then where there was a transition of, you know, women having agency of some kind to, but they, they still have this strange power that we just naturally accept that she wants to get the prince, yeah. she wants to meet the prince, and she hopes to marry the prince. A prince, any prince, just get yeah. me a prince, you know? Because that's the dream. That's, yeah. that's, that, that's, yeah, that's been that's drilled in as an American dream or just a worldview of boys and girls and- Really old story. Right? It's a old story for how you get through life. Yeah, because the original Wiz was 87? 87, what, what the, the original Into the Woods was 87. Yeah, because I was trying to think, you know, when you said Disney, I'm trying to think of like, that was sort of the era of the sort of resurgence of Disney. I think Little Mermaid was 87. Uh. And then after that, you had Beauty and the Beast, I think. And it, so it was sort of the resurgence too of those, uh-huh. um, those sort of female, you're talking about like characters like Cinderella, sure. sort of female-led tales, but they did yeah. definitely make make very conscientious tweaks to make those female characters more empowered because you mm-hmm. look at a tale like the Hans Christian Andersen mm-hmm. Little Mermaid or Beauty and the Beast. I'd, Beauty and the, was Beauty and the Beast a Grimm? I don't think it was. It was something else. I think it was also French. Yeah, it was French, I think. I think, but yeah. But see, we also grew up with the Grimm's fairy tale. So I was also so delighted. That was one of the reasons I was so delighted by Into the Woods. Like the fact that in the Cinderella tale, you get the thing with the stepsisters cutting off the toes and the heels, because I remember that as a kid, like we had this Grimm's fairy tale book. And and that was part of the fascination was that they were just so, I mean, they were so gruesome. They were so, there was like the, as we think of as like fairy tale aspect, but they were also, there's that very sort of uh, there. There was definitely a grim, dark. a grim arc, and and a um a a wariness. Like they were sort of tales of, mm-hmm. you know, sort a little bit of like be cautionary afraid, be very tale. afraid, like cautionary tales. Yes, yeah. do yeah, this or don't do this. Moral fables, or sometimes refers to them as moral fables, and the, yeah. the term fairy tale evolved another way, but they were sort of, yeah. They were very, because I feel like Grimm's fair, that was like, there was one called the Goose Girl and like she gets, she ends up getting dragged around in a barrel with nails in it through town or something. Like it, things did not end well for these Grimm fairy tale characters. So. Song was cut in San Diego. Yeah, they cut that. The song was tricky with the, the song, nail. It's yes. just, yeah. And they have to keep Part replacing the stage, really. They kept the have to keep hiring new actors every- It was weird, yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> well. So, so let me ask you this, as uh, let's uh, we'll, we'll we'll wrap it up with this. If you were, this is kind of where we've we've been arriving to with with the final question. Somebody is going to go see the show. They've never seen it before. You know what this is. How? What are you going to tell them they're going to experience? What's hmm. their experience going to be seeing a production of Into the Woods? I'm going to opt out first by saying I can't. I can't accept the premise of the question. <laughs> <laughs> I would never try to tell someone what they were going to experience. They say, I'm going to go see Into the Woods. You say, oh, here's your response. I mean, I would probably say, oh, I love that show. I hope I hope you love it as much as I do. I don't want to tell you too much about it, but it's just, it's fun. It's going to be all these fairytale characters you know, but then there's just going to be so many surprises. And it's, it's, it's a classic. It's, the music is just 
gorgeous and it's so smart and I hope you love it. I think I kind of like Cromer, I wouldn't try to, I wouldn't try to get too much into be like, oh my God, it's this gorgeous allegory about life and you're just <laughs> going to live and love and, but I don't know. Sean, what would you tell them? I, can I just, can I just say what Jesse said? Because yeah. that's exactly, I, I would, I think that was the reason I hesitated was because I didn't want to, I wouldn't want to tell anyone too much at all because part of the joy of the show, I think, is discovering what it, what the songs mean on your own. Mm. That, that's what I've been, that's what I've realized over the years. And it, every, like I said, every time I see it or listen to it or watch it again, I, I discover something new. And so I wouldn't want to take that away from someone. Yeah. So yes, I, I just think it's so, I would do the same things. I mean, like, oh, I love it so much. I hope you enjoy it. it there's, yeah. There's so much more there than I think you think there's going to be. I might yeah, say that's that. a good. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. the, the, my dirty little secret is that I was in a production of Into the Woods at Columbia College, not as a student, but as a faculty member. And 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 the director thought of me said, "Hey, would you play the narrator in the Mysterious Man?" Like in the hallway one day as a guest artist. And I was like, "That'll be fun." And it was decidedly not fun. And <laughs> you know, I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was not a, it was it was it was iffy, and I was. Particularly, I didn't know who I was and or who the narrator was and everything. It was, it was it was really bad. It was a rush job, but I do remember that there was an unfortunate, off on the wrong foot feeling among the students. That oh, into the woods. It's children's theater. Mm. Wow. Some like some loudmouth said it, and a whole bunch of other people, rather than know about it, just jumped on it, and. <laughs> And so it was watching people figure out how hard it was or what it was about. You know what I mean? How much it was about things and watch it and be terrified because they thought, because eventually they had the problem they couldn't fucking learn it. <laughs> well, I couldn't learn it either. I couldn't learn all the end of the woods verses, and I had to sing a bunch of those. You know what I mean? That, that, But like, you're like, I think this is going to be, it's so much better than you think it's going to be or so much more than you think it's going to be, as you said, Sean backing off of that wow. I, yeah just wait <laughs> yeah. I knew a lot of people I knew a lot of people when they were little that their parents wouldn't they didn't know there was a second act to into the woods their parents would only let them see the first act oh right yes oh, no. so as they got older they were like oh no this show is brilliant I didn't know there was a second act they, so they just got the fairy tale version so there's that too you know that's funny <laughs> Well, they didn't want to tell them that there would be toes and heels cut off yeah. <laughs> eventually right. in Act Two. Exactly. Thank you, everybody, for joining in on this discussion. It's so great to hear you talk about it and to see your faces. Yeah, see you too, too. guys. Absolutely. Have a thanks for having us. Rest your day. I'm glad you joined him. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye. Well. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone.